You please turn to Mark chapter 9, verse 29, after you've given the offering. And we want to thank you so much for your giving. It helps us to continue to reach out. It helps us to continue to do the great things that uh, we need to do all along with being very obedient to the Lord. And uh, please don't forget, every Saturday we're still going out. Um, working with Samaritan's Purse to help people. Believe it or not, there's a lot of people that are still very, very much right in the thick of things when it comes to the disaster. And uh, we're working with Convoy of Hope as well. We've got sheetrock coming in and different things. And so if you're interested, please, every Saturday, actually every day, you can go down to Island Park, uh, Austin Boulevard, Full Gospel Church, and uh, you can volunteer at any time with Samaritan's Purse at 7.30 in the morning and at 8.30 on Saturday. And so I would very much encourage you to get out there and uh, continue to help bring relief to the people of our community. I understand next Saturday uh, during the day Channel 12 News is going to be showing a clip of uh, some of the work that we've been doing and so you won't want to miss that as well. Mark chapter 9 verse 29. And Jesus said, this kind does not come out without prayer and fasting. This kind does not come out without prayer and fasting. Now this morning as we begin to look at 21 days, setting apart 21 days to fast and pray, I want to lay a groundwork for you. I want you to get hungry. I want to cause a spiritual hunger to happen in your life. So by next Sunday, we'll be able to really kick off this fast and really believe that God's going to do some great things in our life. But in the context of this verse of Scripture, when Jesus says, this kind does not come out without prayer or fasting, the context of the story is that Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration and he busts out of himself for a few days. You know, he's probably dying saying, Father, look, I'm contained in this physical body and I need to bust out for a few days. And so the Bible says that on the Mount of Transfiguration, three of his disciples see Jesus in his glory. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And man, I'm telling you what, the Word bust out of his flesh for a, a few moments or a few days and, and they could see the glory of God. And Peter says, it's good for us to stay on top of this mountain. It's good for us. We'll build a tabernacle and we'll stay where the glory is. But Jesus said, no, we've got to go down into the valley. Why? Because in the valley is where the need is. There's people down there in the valley that need a breakthrough. There's people down there in the valley that need an answer from God. They need a miracle in their life. And Jesus starts to walk down the mountain. And as he's walking down the mountain, he sees a large crowd of people. And one man pushes his way outside the crowd and he falls at the feet of Jesus and he says Lord he says would you have mercy on my son he said I asked your disciples to pray for my son because he's demon possessed and often this demon throws him into the fire and I'm in a desperate situation I need a miracle and Jesus said to the man he said do you believe and the man says I believe but help my unbelief and as he saw the crowd starting to run after him or towards him Jesus cast out the demon and now his disciples are at home with Jesus. They're in, they're in a home and they're eating something. And as they're eating something, they ask the Lord, Lord, why is it that this demon would not come out? Why is it that we could not cast out this demon? Now remember, 
These disciples had a certain level of success when it came to dealing with demonic forces. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus sends them out and they come back and they say, even the demons are subject to us in your name, the Lord. And the Lord said to them, what? Lord said, but don't get so proud. He said, just know this one thing. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and you should rejoice over that. So they had a certain level of success when it came to praying for people, yet at that time they could not cast out this demon. And Jesus says to them, this kind, this situation does not come out without prayer and fasting. And I'm convinced with all my heart that there are times in all of our lives that God causes us to get desperate for him. That there are certain things that we face in our lives. There are certain things in life that we confront that are too powerful. They are so powerful. They are so serious. They are so critical that there's no other way than to pray and to fast. There's no other way that we'll be able to get free from that drug addiction. There's no other way that we'll be free from that bondage, that, that sin in our life, or whatever it is. We will not see a breakthrough in our life unless we pray and we fast. There are some things that are so stubborn in our life that it's going to call us to push away from the table and to say, God, I'm so desperate for you. I'm so desperate for a miracle, God, that I'm going to pray and I'm going to hold on to you. And if God, if I've got to fast till the answer comes, Lord, then I'm going to do it because I'm desperate for you. You know what? I'm convinced that God pushes us against the wall sometimes. I believe that God allows those desperate situations to come in our life. <coughs> I believe <coughs> that God actually gives us impossible situations in our life. Because he wants us to press in. He gives us situations in our life in which we actually need a miracle, a breakthrough in our life. And the reason why he does that is because he knows that we're shallow spiritually. He knows that we've got to break through some things in our life. That we've got to deal with the flesh in our life. That we've got to deal with the stuff that keeps us from really seeing and experiencing God. And he knows that the only way for some of us to press in and to know God is to give us a desperate situation where we say, God, if you don't come through, I'm going to die. Lord, if you don't give me a miracle, my marriage is going to fall apart. Whatever it may be. You see, in other words, you can come to church all you want. You could be a part of a small group. You can ask the pastor to pray for you. You can even have the whole church pray for you. But there are certain situations in our life that will require fasting and prayer. In fact, the truth is, I believe there are times in all of our lives when we come to that place where we're so desperate for God that God says, okay, now you're ready. Now. I can really reveal my glory to you. Now I can show you because now you've set your heart. As David said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. David said, more than the water, Lord, more than the food that I eat, my soul longs after you. There are many times and many places in the Bible that we see men of God and women of God that set their hearts on fasting because they needed a breakthrough in their life. Moses fasted for 40 days. Because he wanted the glory of God to break through. He wanted to hear the voice of God. He said, God, I want to hear you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your glory. In fact, in another place, he cries out to the Lord. And he says to the Lord, Lord, he said, I've been hearing about your fame. And I've been hearing about your glory. But I want to see your glory. 
Jeremiah prayed and he fasted for the people of Israel that they would turn from their wicked ways. Ezra fasted for national revival. Nehemiah prays and fasts for national reformation. And the people of Nineveh, I mean, this is a story. They're not even Christians. They're not even godly people. They're wicked pagan people. And they were involved in gross immorality. And the Bible says that God sends Jonah. Oh, Jonah doesn't want to go right away. But after Jonah gets spit out of the whale because he didn't taste so good to the whale, Jonah goes to Nineveh and he preaches and he prophesies to Nineveh. And he says to them, if you don't turn from your wicked way, God's going to come and destroy the whole nation. And the king of Nineveh had enough common sense to know that if God said it, it's going to happen. And so the Bible says this is an ungodly king. The Bible says that this ungodly king, he tore his clothes and he put sackcloth and ashes on. And he humbled himself and he fasted. And the Bible says because of his act of humility before the Lord, because of his act of humility, before God Almighty, God spared Nineveh for at least a hundred years. See, God can do something when we set our hearts to seeking his face. And when you fast and you pray, God can not only touch your life, but he can touch your children's life and their children's lives. David fasted when his son was dying and Paul and Barnabas, he fast, they fasted because they wanted a direction in ministry and the Bible says while they were fasting and praying the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said set apart for me and they set apart and they, they moved out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Cornelius fasted. Now Cornelius is a Gentile and Cornelius is the first person that was outside of the house of David that actually saw the glory of God and the power of God in a way that ushered in revival not only for the Jewish people but for the Gentiles as well because we know that God wanted to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and the Bible says there was a man named Cornelius and he was a part of the Italian regiment and he set his heart to fast and pray and seek the face of God he said I've heard about this God I've heard about the fame of this God but I want to experience God myself and he began to pray and fast and while he was fasting and praying the Bible says that God spoke to Peter and sent Peter to Cornelius's house and while Peter was speaking the Holy Spirit descended upon Cornelius and his children and his grandchildren and it started a revival and you're here today as a Gentile most of us in this room are Gentiles we're here because of Cornelius one man who was willing to pray and fast and say God I want more God, I want so much of you, God, that I'm willing to push away the food at my table because I'm hungry for you. And that's what I'm praying for, for, for every one of us in this room, that we'll get a hunger for God. As Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, satisfied in their life. You see, there are three things that Jesus tells us that we're going to do in the scriptures. He says, number one, he says, when you give. Now, I want to give you an assignment. Write this down. I want you to read Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to read Isaiah chapter 58. Don't forget, please, buy one of these journals. This is so imperative, and you better get it before we don't have any more left. But this week, I want you to prepare yourself as you read Matthew 6 and Isaiah 48, or 58. And in Isaiah 58 and Matthew 6, we see a correlation Jesus says, when you give to the poor. He didn't say if you give to the poor. He said if you're a Christian and you're a God lover, you're going to give to the poor. Compassion will flow out of your life. Number two, he said, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. You know, we've got so many options today in the church. 
You know, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and so I don't have to pray. But Jesus said, when you give to the poor, because James said, that what good is it if you say that you have faith and you see somebody poor and you don't take care of them? And Jesus said, when you pray, why? Because you can't have a, a relationship with God without prayer. I'm convinced that we cannot walk with God, we cannot know God unless we pray. In fact, I want you to pray for me because tomorrow afternoon I get on a plane and I fly upstate to talk to a whole bunch of pastors about prayer and fasting. And I'm praying that every pastor will take the challenge and, and get into a 20-day, 21-day fast and pray and seek the face of God. But I'm convinced, not only pastors, but every single person in this room, that when we pray, God will hear us and we will get to know God. And we cannot know God without prayer. So Jesus says, when you pray, enter into your prayer closet. And that which God sees in secret, he will reward openly. And then he said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. Oh, are you, are you getting legalistic on me now, Pastor? No, no, no. It's not about legalism. It's about a discipline in our life so that we can become more like Christ and we can experience more of God in our life. And so he said there are three things we're going to do. We're going to give, we're going to pray, and we're going to fast. And so what is a fast? I know today that in the American church, anything's a fast. Okay, I'm going to fast Facebook for two days. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, now, that's giving something up, and I think that's a good thing to do that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to watch that TV program for, for two months. Praise God, I'm so holy. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching it anyway. You know, and there are certain things, and as we go into a spiritual fast, God's going to tell us, don't do that. You know, let go of that. You don't need that. Here's what happens. When you go on a spiritual fast, you start to get sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and God begins to show you some things that you need to let go of. But a fast, a fast is when you deny yourself of food for a spiritual reason so that you can spend time in the Word of God and in prayer. Listen, if you're going to starve yourself without praying, don't do it. Go on a diet. Because that's all it is, is a diet. That's all it is. Because when you fast, when you give up food, you're also praying and you're seeking the face of God. You're meditating on God's principles. You're meditating on God's word while you're praying and you're fasting. It's your, you're setting yourself aside. You're putting yourself aside to hear from God. You're setting yourself aside so that you can understand the principles of God. You're getting serious about running after God. So why is fasting so powerful? Because I believe that fasting breaks things in our life. When we fast, we have spiritual breakthroughs in our life. When we fast, as the Word of God tells us, the glory of God will shine upon us. As it says in Isaiah, then your healing will come and you will see great things and the glory of God will be your rear guard. So why is fasting so powerful? Because fasting creates breakthroughs in our life. And maybe you need a breakthrough in your life. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your marriage. Listen, I'm telling you something. I'm praying for marriages. I'm praying for the marriages of our church. I'm praying for the marriages of our community. Because it's God's will that our marriages are strong and stable and vital. And let me tell you something. I'm praying for your marriage. So if you're thinking, well, I don't know if I want in on this marriage. You know what? You're dead meat because I'm going to be praying for you for 21 days. Hallelujah. You don't have a chance. Hallelujah. I'm going to be praying and fasting for you that God will bless your marriage 
And that there will be no other option other than reconciliation and restoration and, and the glory of God will come upon your marriage and your family. Glory to God. You may need a, a breakthrough in your kids, with, with your children. Maybe they're not where you want them to be spiritually. Well, then pray and fast and seek the face of God. Maybe you need a breakthrough in finances or in your community. Or maybe we need revival. Maybe we just need revival in the church and we need to fast and pray. Or maybe you're seeking for an answer from God. You need an answer from God and you've asked the Lord and you've asked the pastor to pray for you and you've gone to counseling but the word has not come yet I'm encouraging you to set your heart as Daniel set his heart to say I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek the face of God and I'm going to believe that God will still speak and God will still lead and guide me come on somebody say amen glory to God so number one fasting breaks through the spiritual dryness and complacency in our lives let me tell you when I feel myself growing spiritually dry, I go on a fast. Now, I've been fasting since I was 19 years old. As soon as I read it in Mark chapter 9, verse 29, you know, there's some stubborn things in my life, and this kind does not come out without prayer. I set my heart to start fasting. As soon as I read it in Matthew 6, I said, I got to start fasting and praying. And so I've been doing that as a regular practice, once a week, one meal, two meals a day, Sometimes a, a season, three days. Sometimes it's longer. I go on some extended fasts. Uh, but I believe with all my heart that when, when we start to get dry spiritually in our life, when we start to see that we're losing our edge on the anointing of God, then we've got to go back in and say, okay, God, I've got to set myself a time, a season of time in my life where I can get refocused on you, God, so that I can hear you, God. Because when we get refocused on God and we start hearing God, God starts to begin to move in our life again. So spiritual fasting breaks through the spiritual dryness and complacency of our life. Number two, fasting breaks through the deception of sin and denial in our life. You know, a lot of us are in denial. And you see, fasting is so good and so healthy for you in every way. Do you know that fasting is absolutely good for you when it comes to your emotions, when it comes to your physical well-being, you know that doctors will tell you that with a doctor's supervision that every person should learn how to fast. Why? Because when you fast physically, it gets the toxin out of your body. You know, you've got a whole lot of toxins in your body. You can't see them, but they're there. And it, and it, and it makes you sick. It makes you feel bad. There's a lot of toxins in our body that cause different diseases in our body. And, and so when you start fasting, you know, let me tell you something. I do not like to fast. My flesh does not like to fast. I like food. I know you're looking at that skinny pastor and saying, he don't like food. I like food. I'm telling you, I like food. I like to eat food. And you know, when King's stomach starts to tell me that I want food, that I need food, that I'm hungry. You know how King's stomach starts to tell you you need food? I want food. You know, and it whispers to you in the beginning. I want food. And so many of us, we're absolutely so used to going to get what we need, when we need it, when we want it, that the moment that that starts to whisper, oh my goodness, I need food. And if King's stomach doesn't get food right away, it starts to get a little louder. I said, I want food. And now you're sitting at work and you're, you're in a conference meeting and King's stomach starts to say to you, I said... 
I need food. See, we don't, we don't want to fast because fasting takes discipline in our life. You know, life is all about discipline, isn't it? And the more discipline we become, the more God begins to bless. And so, so when we're fasting, we're getting rid of some of the stuff, the toxins in our life, the toxins in our body. And that's why when you start to fast, when you start saying no to certain things, you get headaches, you know. See, I'm praying for some of you because some of you are totally addicted to caffeine. And caffeine is a drug. You know, I got, I got rid of caffeine in my life. 24 years ago, I said, buy the caffeine because it was a drug. I watched my, my aunt who was so addicted to caffeine that she'd get such bad migraines until she had some caffeine. I was like, this is not good. The only thing I should be addicted to is God and my wife. <laughs> That's it. Anything else is a drug. I'm codependent on something. And I got rid of it. And let me tell you something. When I go to a restaurant now, I have to ask the waitress or the waiter, is this decaffeinated? Why? Because a lot of times they don't give me decaffeinated coffee. And I tell them, I warn them. I say, listen, I want to let you know that in 20 minutes, I will know if this was not decaffeinated coffee. In fact, a couple of months ago, I was at an Italian restaurant, and I asked the woman, I, would, I always do it, I'm, I'm kind of a little annoying with this, but I always, is this decaffeinated coffee? Because a few times I had caffeine, and man, I'm telling you what, you do not want to see Pastor Steve on caffeine. In fact, could you imagine if I was on caffeine right now? I mean, I could just jump right here to the balcony, man, I'm telling you. You do not want to see me on caffeine. So I asked the woman, I said, are you sure this is decaf? She said, I'm sure I poured it myself. I said, ma'am, I'm just telling you, in 20 minutes, you and I will know if this is decaffeinated. She went into the kitchen. She came running out of the kitchen. She said, please don't drink that. <laughs> she said, I just made a fresh pot. And, and what happens when you begin to fast is you get headaches because the toxins are starting to come out of your body. And your body's crying. It's screaming. And it wants it because it needs it. And it doesn't need it. And so we learn how to discipline ourselves. But fasting helps us to get rid of, listen to me, the toxins of sin in our life. Because there's so many things that are in our life that we don't even know about. There are things that we said to somebody. There are things that we feel subconsciously there are things that we do that dominate our life and when we set our hearts to fasting and pray God actually begins to show us the sin in our life that so easily entangles us and we become sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in our life fasting is an essential means of sanctifying listen to me sanctifying ourselves Pulling ourselves away from the world and getting closer to God. Fasting allows you to filter your life and to set yourself apart to seek God. Fasting brings revelation by the Holy Spirit. Now God doesn't want to be a cosmic killjoy. And he doesn't want you to fast so that you could feel condemned. Now that's not what, why God wants you to fast so that he could tell you, wow, you got so much sin in your life. No. You fast so that he can begin to reveal to you those poisons and toxins in your life that's killing you. The poison and toxins of your life that's killing your relationships, that's destroying your, 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 your marriage, that's destroying your life. He says, listen, I want you to see these things so that you can get them out of your life. Because you know what happens? Here's what happens. After you have a breakthrough in fasting, 
In the first couple of days, you're in a bad mood, you're grumpy, you're grouchy, you got headaches, and all these things are happening, and you can't say yes to the things that you're so used to saying yes, and you got to say no to things. And you have a spiritual breakthrough in your life. Man, it's amazing what happens. You feel lighter. You feel healthier. You know, physically, when you have fasted and cleansed your body of those toxins, all of a sudden, you start getting energy back again. See, we think we're going to get energy from that Big Mac. No, we're not. All you're going to get is more fat. And so, so fasting helps us to break through. David said, search me and know if there's any iniquity in my heart. Fasting breaks the pride in our life. And every one of us have to deal with pride in our life, one way or the other. You know, pride shows itself up in a lot of different ways. Listen to me. Sometimes pride shows itself up in us really not praying and seeking God because we could do it on our own. We think we could do it without God. But fasting is one of the greatest ways in which we can humble ourselves before the Lord. And what happens when we humble ourselves before the Lord? The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How many of you in this room, you need God's grace? You know what grace is? Grace is God giving you what you need, when you need it, even though you don't deserve it. God's grace is God's favor on your life. How many of you need God's favor in your life? How many of you need God's power in your life? Grace does not come unless we're humble before the Lord. As the word of the Lord says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace. He gives power to the humble. Whenever Israel needed God's intervention, they were called to humble themselves through fasting and prayer. And God always showed up. Do you need God to show up? Look at me. Do you need God to show up in your life? The only way God's going to show up is when you humble yourself before God. And fasting is a wonderful way of humbling ourselves. Why? Because it's very humbling. When we fast, when we say, you know, no, I'm not going to eat that. Man, God, I need your strength right now. Because fasting's not easy, especially for Americans. We don't know how to fast. But when we do it one day at a time, I, I gathered my kids together and we started preparing. I'm going to talk about that. And we started talking about the fast. And, and right away when you start talking about fast, because this is a Daniel fast. And I'm going to tell you there are three different kinds of fast. There's the absolute fast, which is no water, no food. And you can't do that for a very long time at all. You should never do it without a doctor's supervision. And you should never do it unless God told you absolutely to do an absolute fast. Then there's a partial fast where you're actually having water and maybe you're having some liquids to keep some energy going but you're not having any food and then there's another partial fast and that's the Daniel fast and we see def definitely different kinds of fast in the scriptures where some went without any food any water some went with just water and then Daniel went on a partial fast two times once we find it in Daniel, in the beginning of Daniel, when the king wanted to give Daniel all of this meat and all of these defiling foods. And Daniel said, listen, he said, just give me vegetables and water. And after 10 days, see if I'm not stronger than anyone else who ate all of the garbage. And the Bible says that he was stronger after those 10 days. And then in, in Daniel chapter 10, and we're going to talk a lot about that as we go, Daniel sets his heart on eating no pleasant foods and then again he eats vegetables and he eats fruits and he just drinks water and things like that it's a partial fast and why are we going on a Daniel fast because for a lot of us that's where we're introduced with the concept of fasting and saying no see because fasting is a mindset 
You have to be prepared. You have to prepare yourself to say, you know what? I'm going to say no. You see, if you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I'm going to do it. You're never going to do it. You'll never get past the first day. Because it's a resolve that you have in your heart. Learning how to say no to the flesh. Learning how to say no to the desires of the old nature. So fasting, number four, breaks spiritual poverty in our life. You know, the truth is, so many of us, we are absolutely overnourished with a health, hefty diet. Listen to me. We are overnourished with a hefty diet of church programs and church traditions. But we're shallow when it comes to really walking with God. Did you know that you could be so overnourished with watching Christian TV and coming to church and, and the traditions of men and the church traditions that we forget that it's all about intimacy with God. And Jesus says to the church at Laodicea, he says, you know what? People say that you're alive. When people look at your church, it's vibrant and it's alive. People see you singing and praising the Lord. And the preacher is, the preacher is, is a passionate preacher, he said, but yet you're, you're naked, poor, wretched, and blind. Wow. What an indictment. That, that you can be involved in church activities. That you can have an overnourishment of a hefty diet of all the church can give you and still be far away from the Lord. Wow. Because Christianity is a personal thing. It's about your relationship with God. And when you fast and you, and you pray, it breaks spiritual poverty in your life where you think that you're fat and healthy and and you think that you've got everything that you have but God begins to show you no no you're wretched you're poor you're blind and you're naked come and buy of me those things that are going to really bring joy in your life fasting breaks the power of the flesh like we said before in your life you see here's what I found I found when I'm fasting look at me when I'm fasting when I'm saying no to the very necessity of my life. Now, I, I need food. I just don't need as much as I eat. And I need food, but I need to know how to say no to certain things in my life. And you know, the truth is, I'm actually preparing myself to go on this 21-day fast. I'm already starting. Like even this morning, I said, no, I'm just going to drink fluids and Till after the service, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start fasting. I'm going to start having small sprints of fasting that I'm going to do. And, and last night I came home and, you know, I don't usually go to the movies. There's not a whole lot of stuff on, in the movies. But I heard about this Les Miserables movie and I thought to myself, well, let me go check it out. So I took my family, a little too graphic for me. And they sang through the whole movie. I'm thinking to myself, can you say two words without singing? <laughs> and now I know why it's called Les Miserables. The movie was miserable through the whole movie. It was <laughs> You know, you go to a movie and you want popcorn, right? You go to a movie and, you, you know, you're watching and you, you start getting hungry. So I got home and I wanted to eat something. And, the, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just said, no, no. I want you to eat anything. Just go to bed. Start saying no. Start saying no to the flesh. You know, and, if, and listen to me. Here's what I found. I have found if you could say no to hunger, if you could say no to your flesh, king's stomach, who wants you to immediately gratify his stomach or her stomach, then you could say no to a lot of other things in your life. Because listen, eating is the most basic of, of life. 
You're feeding yourself is so basic. And when you, when you have a growl in your stomach, when you, when you have a want for something, man, boom, you're going to go for it. No. If you learn how to say no, then let me tell you something. You'll learn how to say no to lust. You'll say no to gossip. You'll learn how to say no to the sinful things of this world because you've trained yourself well to say no in your life to the very basic temptation. Notice something. What was the first sin recorded in the history of mankind? It was an eating sin. It, it wasn't a sin of lust. It wasn't a sin of adultery. It was an eating sin. God said, you can have some food, but you can't touch this. And what happened? The devil said, uh-uh, you want that. Man, that apple looks so good. And did you ever notice, did you ever notice the apple products? Did you ever notice an iMac? There's an apple with a little bite in it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. They're going to take over the whole world, I'm telling you. But the truth is, when you learn how to say no to food, when you know, learn how to say no to your flesh, your body that's screaming out, then your spirit starts to take control. And Paul the Apostle tells us that we're not to be dominated by the flesh, but we're to be dominated by the spirit. So you go into physical training to say no to the appetites of food so that you can say no to the other appetites that try to take over your life and destroy your life. And lastly, when your motive is right, when you come to God in fasting and prayer, and you really want to know God and hear God, let me tell you what will happen in your life. According to Isaiah 58, the Bible says this. It says that when you fast for the right reasons, the glory of God will break through in your life. That you will experience, according to Isaiah 58, you will experience divine healing in your body. You will receive healing for your mind and your spirit. Some of you will see healing in your relationships, healing in your marriage. Listen what Isaiah 58 says. Listen carefully as the worship team comes. Is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen for you to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter and when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then... Your light will break forth like the dawn. He wasn't saying that fasting has to do with giving food to the poor. What he was saying, because if you read Isaiah 58 in the beginning, it says you, when you fast, you have the wrong motives. He says when you go without food, he said you fight with one another. When you go out without food, you announce it from the mountaintops. You want everyone to know that you're going without food. And didn't Jesus say when you fast, clean yourself up? He said... And don't look like, oh, woe is me. I'm so spiritual. Hallelujah, look at me. He said, but do it for the right reasons. He said, when, listen, when he said you do it for the right reasons, notice what will be the result of a fast that you go on when you're seeking the face of God with the right motives for the right reason. He said, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will come quickly. That's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for as you go through this 21-day fast that some of you will experience incredible healing in your life. He said, not only that, but then your righteousness will go forth before you and the glory of the Lord, hallelujah, will be your real God.
Then you will call, listen to me, then you will call and I will answer, here I am. Wow. You see, God is right here. The truth of the matter is, is God is right here. God is in your life. But we're so busy. We're so, listen to me, look at me. We're so intoxicated with the things of the flesh. We're so intoxicated with movies and entertainment and just getting what we want the moment we want it, just gratifying the flesh that we're so dull of hearing. We're so blind that we can't see the God of glory is right here. And when you start saying no, mm -mm, I'm going to take time with God. I'm going to set my heart on seeking the face of God. I'm going to push away from those appetites in my life so that I can experience God in a greater way. Man, even on a partial fast, even when you still get to eat vegetables and fruit and all of that stuff, but you're saying no to some stuff in your life. Wow. It becomes so powerful. God honors that. And God gives you your own personal breakthrough. How many of you in this room, you need a breakthrough in your life? Let me see your hands. Everybody in this room needs a breakthrough in one area of our life or another. So where do you start? Well, number one, you ask yourself this question. Why am I going to fast? Is it because my pastor is telling me to do it? Or am I going to fast because I really want something from God? Not because fasting is going to bring that. You don't fast to get something from God. But what happens is when you fast, you align yourself up with God and then He starts to bless you because you delight yourself in the Lord and He gives you the desires of your heart. But some of you, you need a miracle in your life. You need a son or a daughter to come back to faith. You need a marriage to be restored. You need God to break the curse of poverty over your life, whatever it is. You need to be set free from drugs and alcohol, whatever it is. I want you to write that down and say, God, in the next 21 days, I'm believing, God, that you're going to reconcile my marriage, that you're going to set me free from this alcohol addiction, whatever it may be. Why? Why are you doing it? Set your objective, because if you don't know why, you're not going to make it past the second day. See, because when your stomach starts to growl and you don't know why you're doing it, and you're like, ah, just forget about this. But you see, when you're, when you're determined to get something from God, when you're desperate for God to show up and do something in your life. When you're desperate for God to intervene and change your son or your daughter or change your own heart. You say, God, I don't care about the food, God. What I care about right now is a breakthrough in my life. And so you've got to have a why in your heart. Number two, you've got to prepare. You've got to be prepared. You know, some churches, they start to fast on the first day of the the new year and, and that's great maybe they're ahead of me a little bit on this whole thing because in December maybe they're telling the people to start fasting but you know what I just give everybody a break I'm like December is a, a fun month a celebration month it's a month to be with family and and so I said you know what we're gonna start our fast on the 13th of January give everybody a week kinda get back into things and hear a sermon on the 6th of January to try to get you hungry kinda get you prepared for the fast so that on the 13th you're ready to go and I want to encourage you to be prepared. Begin to pray and say, God, what is it that you want from me, God? I'm, I'm preparing myself. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, holy, 
and acceptable to you, Lord. So this week, I'm praying that you'll prepare your heart. Number three, you need the plan. You can't just wake up on Sunday and go, you know what? Guess what? I'm changing my diet. Changing your diet is not easy. I'm telling you, you're very used to eating certain things. So you need to take this week and you'll find you can go online. You can go on our website. If you go on Bethlehem Assembly of God website, you'll see there's a little link. And it'll tell you all the food that you can eat, the diet that you can start on. And you need to start preparing now. If you're a mom, it's going to be really stressful for you to try to change your family's diet next Sunday. So I would encourage you to, to start cooking fruits and start buying vegetables and start thinking of your plan, your diet so that you'll be able to do it and you know it'll, it'll be a lot easier if you already planned you already prepared and you know why the next thing go to the next slide you need to read I'm gonna encourage you to read I'm gonna encourage you to to read the scriptures Isaiah 58 Matthew 6 and read the stories read Nehemiah read Ezra Read these stories about what God did. Read the story of Jehoshaphat. How God rescued Jehoshaphat from his enemy because he fasted and humbled himself before the Lord. And then I want to encourage you to buy this book. I want you to go to the gymnasium. And everyone, I don't, if you're young, you're a teenager, buy the book, man. You spend $10 on nothing. I want to encourage you to buy this journal so that you could start writing in the journal. So that you could start hearing the voice of God and you can be encouraged I want you to also I want you to also find somebody that you could be accountable to find somebody that you could be accountable to you know what if you tell somebody you're gonna be on a fast it makes it a lot easier if you kinda of like keep it to yourself because well in case I break the fast I don't want anybody to know you're gonna be defeated but if you make it public not because I'm not saying make it public because you want everybody to know you're so spiritual because that's the wrong motive but if you tell your family I'm gonna be fasting please pray for me pray that God gives me strength to do that once you put it out there you know when, when, when I tell you I'm fasting well I gotta do it right and then lastly expect God to do something great expect God to meet you listen I'm gonna tell you something I've been fasting for 30 years I have never been disappointed in a fast. Never been disappointed in a fast. Because every time I've fasted, I've gotten closer to God. How can I be disappointed when I get closer to God? I've never been disappointed because God has shared things with me. I've never been disappointed because in fast, God would give me words like for people to minister to them, but also give me words for myself. And I'd go and make it right with people. I've been reconciled to people in fast that I didn't even know I needed to be reconciled to. You know, God speaks to you. You become so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God begins to do some powerful things in your life. So expect God to do some powerful things in your life. Let's pray. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I thank you for this incredible group of people today, God. And I thank you for what you're going to do through this incredible fast that we're going to go through together, Lord God. Teach us how to say no to the flesh. Teach us, Lord God, how to, to be sensitive to your voice today. Maybe you're here today, right now, Pastor Steve, I'm here and I need God in my life. Pastor Steve, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. And I need to be forgiven of my sins. And I need to get right with God today. Pastor Steve, would you pray for me? 
I'm going to be standing right here and I want to join with some of you in prayer today. You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand right now? I want, to, I want to see you. I want to pray for you right now. God bless you. 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 Now, I want to tell you that if you are a Christian and you're not sure that you're going to go to heaven, then you know what? You need to join my foundations class. Everyone in this room should go through the foundations class because I'm going to teach you what it means to have eternal life through grace. But maybe you've never asked Christ to be the Lord of your life or forever in your life. You've said, you know what, I've been religious and all of that stuff, but I'm not sure that if I die today, I'd go to heaven because I, I've never committed my life to Christ. I want you to raise your hand. Anybody in this room? Anybody in this room? Raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you right now. Well, then that means that all of us are Christians. Some of us are a little doubtful of our of our destiny and I, I want to tell you if you're a little doubtful of your destiny then just you know what get to the foundations class and I'll teach you how to be positively sure of your destiny no matter how good you think you are or not I'll show you that it's by grace and grace alone and I'll teach you to believe God for eternal life but right now I'm just sensing in this place and every service has been a little different but I'm just sensing in this place right now a spiritual hunger in the lives of people that you're like, God, I just want to know you better, God. And Lord, I'm willing to set aside time, Lord, to go deeper. I want a breakthrough in my life. I want a spiritual breakthrough. I want a physical breakthrough. I want a relational breakthrough. I want a breakthrough, Lord, into your glory, God. I want to see you greater than I've ever seen you before. If that's you today, I want you just to stand to your feet and come and stand with me right here and say, God, set my heart, prepare my heart, Lord God to meet with you this this month Lord God oh, father give me a hunger and a desire to know you God come on get to your feet and come stand with me today and we're gonna worship the Lord for a few moments together hallelujah God thank you Jesus thank you God thank you God oh I'm running to your arms I'm running to your arms the riches of your love will always be enough. Light on the world to your embrace. Oh, light of the world. Come on, sing. Oh, I'm running. Hallelujah. I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your for you God God I pray that you would turn up the hunger God Lord in our spirit God that you would give us a hunger for you God again Lord Jesus
we confess to you, God. There are times in our life where we grow spiritually dry. Lord, there are times in our life where we're lukewarm, God. That, Lord, God, we're not in, we're not out, we're just there. God, there are times in our life, God, that we can't even see, God, the sin in our life, God, because we're so busy being religious, Lord. We're so busy being busy in the church, God, that we're hiding. We're hiding behind ministry, God. We're hiding behind doing good things, God. And yet our heart is far from you, God. And God, we're asking you today that you again, Lord Jesus, would begin to reveal yourself to us in ways that we've never seen, God. Ways that we've never experienced before, God. God, give us a spiritual hunger, God. Jesus, you said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, God. Fill us, God. Fill us, God. Fill us, God, with your glory. Fill us, Lord, with your love, with your peace, with your joy, God. Lord, we need a spiritual breakthrough, God. We need a breakthrough in our families, oh God. Lord, the truth is our families are a mess, God. The truth is, God, our country is a mess, God. Lord, the truth is, God, all around us, God, we, we see spiritual death and decay, God. But Lord, you can raise up an army, God. You can raise up a remnant of people, God, that are more hungry for you, God. You can raise up, God, a people, God, that turn away from the things of this world, the appetites of the flesh, and say, God, we want to run after you, God. We want to see your glory. We want to see your power God God so we're running after you today God come on raise your hands and just worship him with with me today and say God we're running we're running God Come on, let's cry. 